0: Hogwarts, 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 teach us something new. Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And today we are discussing... Drumroll! Harry Potter! <laughs> Oh, that's all you could come up with. You well, I mean, even could even say like, I the, boy done, like the boy who lived. I was try, I was gonna do like a list of what you know how like sometimes when like wrestlers yeah. come out they're like the man, you know like the from list. Little
1: Wingy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna like list the boy all of his lived. nicknames, but come I did come to die. <laughs> yeah. No, I could only think of the boy who lived. Does he have any other like? Mm. Potty, wee Potter. What yeah. is Peeves called? Yeah. I feel like Draco has to have like, a couple derogatory names, right? Nicknames?
1: Potter. Son of Lillian. The James. boy who
0: lied. The boy who lied. Yeah, I know. He does the have chosen, a good one. chosen one. The chosen one. I was like, I feel Undesirable like Undesirable number yeah. one. Oh, no, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, Lord Voldemort's Harry. nightmare. <laughs> the the Death the Eater slayer. Oh man. <laughs> I don't think he ever killed the Death Eater. Definitely not on like purpose, right? Yeah. I feel like I feel like he had to have directly caused multiple Death Eater deaths though, right? Try Wizard Tournament Champion, Asterix co-champion next to that one <laughs> <laughs> the youngest seeker in a century, century i think is what it was yeah okay anyway Head of the magical law department of law enforcement
1: right leader of doubler's army <laughs> okay i think Spider-Crux i think they get the Hunter. picture we're talking about harry potter <laughs> Um, our patron today, our second-to-last patron ever, is Jaseen. Thanks, Jaseen. Thank you. Announcements? Nothing?
0: Part, I don't know if we, like, directly said this. I assume we did when we were talking about kind of, like, our plan moving forward. But this is part one of part two on Harry. Mm -hmm. So, our next episode will also be a Harry episode. And we're going to kind of structure this fairly similar to the Snape episode, this one kind of sticking to fact file Myle- Myers Briggs like, um, kind of his plot line through the books. Obviously, not the same way we did Snape because like Harry's plot line of story is the books. all of the books. <laughs> so we're kind of narrowing it down a little bit more. And then the next episode will be more talking about hypothetical discussions, um, like um, him as a person, him as a character, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Okay, um, so, fact file, jumping right in, Mr. Harry James Potter, um, getting into the etymology of that very basic name, (laughs) (laughs) Harry is the Middle English form of the name Henry, which is derived from the Germanic name Heinrich, from the words heim, meaning home, and rick, meaning power or ruler. It's been a very popular name in the English speaking word for centuries. It's also the diminutive na- form of the name Harold, um, which is from the old English name Harold, which means leader of the army. So, I mean, I feel like that's probably pretty good. Yeah. He is the leader of the army in some ways. Um, and it's possible like in canon, like in or in universe, we know that his great grandfather's name was Henry. Mm. So like Harry is a nickname for Henry. So could be that he was named after him. And then obviously the name James we know is like his father's name. His father's first name and it's Harry's middle name. Not a lot of creativity there. Uh, (laughs) Um James is derived from the same Hebrew name as Jacob and it means holds the heel because um, we know like in the Genesis, the book of Genesis, Jacob was born grasping Esau's heel and later bought his birthright. Don't think that has anything to do with Harry. <laughs> it's just his father's name. <laughs> Potter is a really common surname in England and of English origin. And it traditionally refers to the occupation of making Pottery. Shocker. Um, Beatrix Potter was a well-known English children's author. Potter's Field is the name for a burial ground for the unknown or unclaimed dead. So like soldiers or orphans. Harry's both of those things. Um, the Potter family had many members of it. Yeah, okay, that's what I just said. Uh, (laughs) the Potter Box is a model for making ethical decisions developed at Harvard. I don't know if Harry makes a lot. I guess he makes some ethical decisions. Um, And then the last name Potter was also carried by the first successful magician in 1811 in America named Richard Potter. Who also happened to be African American. And the land that was bought by the magician and where Potter lived was called Potter Place. I don't really know what it means to be the first successful magician in America. Like how do they know that the other magicians were unsuccessful? I guess, like, like, is it successful, like, he made money off of mm -hmm. doing magic? Or successful, like, he actually could do magic?
0: I think, like, my assumption would be, like, successful and they, like, made money, made a name for himself, whether that, like, through magic or not through magic, but maybe, like, the, the most, like, status, money, like, integrated themselves with, like, the normal people oh Uh, yeah that would be my guess
1: it says he was the first american-born magician to gain fame in his own country Mm. and is widely considered the first african-american celebrity oh he's born in massachusetts he died in new hampshire
0: oh my
1: gosh interesting never heard of richard potter before kind of cool um celebrity black magician of the nineteenth century from New England Historical dot com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um what, Richard yeah. Potter? Richard Potter.
0: That's a really boring name too. Yeah. <laughs> um Harry's birthday is July thirty first, nineteen eighty, so just recently, he turned... 42. 42.
1: Oh. Happy birthday That makes Harry.
0: him a... Oh my god, I have no idea. End of July.
1: I think it's a Leo. Or no. Yeah. Leo. It's a Leo. I don't know anything about Leos. Um, they are lions. I don't even know if they're like air fire. I don't even know what sign it is.
0: Uh, It's the fifth sign of the Zodiac. These folks are impossible to miss since they love being center stage.
1: Oh. Okay. I don't think Harry loves being center stage, but he is is. center stage.
0: Making impression is job number one for Leos. And when you consider their personal magnetism, you see the, the job is quite easy. Leos are an ambitious lot. And their strength of purpose allows them to accomplish a great deal. The fact that this horoscope sign is also creative makes their endeav- endeavors fun for them and everyone. Hmm. Okay.
1: Doesn't not fit him.
0: No, I have seen, and maybe we'll talk about this in our next episode, but I have seen, like, um, the, whatever the astrological sign for, like... Wait. <laughs> oh, I feel like people have compared him with um, because you know how Trelawney makes that comment of like you were born in like the middle of winter. Yeah, And he's like, no, I have seen like I think maybe comparisons of Harry's personality and then whatever zodiac sign Voldemort would be. Um, oh, which is
1: December twenty nine. Yeah,
0: December um, thirty, December thirty first, end of I December thirty first. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Earth or Sagittari- No,
1: it's whatever's after
0: Sagittarius. It's whatever the beginning of January is. Capricorn. I think, right? That sounds right. Capricorn dates.
1: Yeah. Uh, December 22nd to January 19th. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe that has something to do with the Horcrux. The Horcrux. Um,. For family, we know his mother was Lily Evans, a muggle born witch. His father was James Potter, a pure blood wizard. And his only other, like, known living relatives, or only known living relatives, because Lily and James are not living, um, are the Dursleys, uh, through his blood relation to his aunt Petunia and cousin. I almost said Vernon. Cousin <laughs> Dudley and then Uncle Vernon.
0: Yep. Um. So we do know Harry's wand, which is new. I feel like we have not talked about a wand in so long because... We've been doing like more obscure characters recently, and then Snape, we did not know the wand first, so we were able to speculate. But we do know Harry's wand is an 11 inch wand made of Hollywood and with a phoenix feather core. So I will read the description of Hollywood from Hollywood, Hollywood from um, the Wizarding World writing. Holly is one of the rarer kinds of wandwoods, traditionally considered protective. It works most happily for those who may need help overcoming a tendency to anger and impetuosity. At the same time, Hollywoods often choose. Holly wands often choose owners who are engaged in some dangerous and often spiritual quests. Holly is one of those wands that varies most dramatically in performance depending on the wand core. It is notoriously difficult wood to team with phoenix feather as the wood's volatility conflicts strangely with the phoenix's detachment. In the usual event of such a pairing, in sorry, in the unusual event of such pairing, finding its ideal match, however, nothing and nobody should stand in their way.
1: So this is one (laughs) that, like,
0: very obviously was written with Harry in mind. Um, And I don't, I know you can get Holly Wandwood, I think, in your, like, on Wizarding World. I don't think it is common, though. It is listed as, like, obviously one of the more rare Wandwoods. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously being able to pick out, like, they often choose owners who are engaged in some dangerous and often spiritual quests. I think that Harry's like, trajectory throughout the books are is a spiritual and dangerous quest in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, and then obviously calling out specifically the combination of Phoenix Feather and Hollywood and saying like, it's uncommon, but when it happens, man, you better watch out. Like, <laughs> watch like, out, world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't really have a lot to say because, like like I just said, it's very obviously written specifically for Harry. So, it's hard to, like, debate to discuss. Yeah. Um, but, yeah.
1: I will say that
0: Harry can definitely be volatile at times. Yeah. Maybe a little impetuous. Not, mm. you know, thinking before he acts. Just kind of...
1: Yeah. Okay, so his Patronus is a stag, which also, obviously, is kind of, like, written... The description of the stag Patronus is written with Harry and James in mind, but... Um, there was a little blurb about stag Patronus... Or just Patronuses in general, and they call it the stag, on wizardingworld.com as well as MuggleNet. So I took from the Wizarding World one because I thought that was uh, a different source that we don't usually have and so it says traditionally seen as quote the king of the forest. The stag is the protector of the other animals. Harry helps his schoolmates by teaching them everything he knows about defensive magic and frequently throws himself in danger to save others. Um, as Hermione put it, Harry did have a bit of a saving people thing going on.
0: <laughs> you don't say. Uh,
1: this tag does have other symbolic meanings. Um, this one I really liked is that as because its antlers fall off and regrow annually, it's considered a symbol of rebirth and resurrection, which Harry is the boy who lived his whole life, but then also like literally I don't like pretty much like gets resurrected, like He, like, kind of dies and then comes back to life um, in the Battle of Hogwarts. And then it calls out how Harry's parents also shared the deer-shaped Patronuses, uh, James having a stag and Lily having a doe. And they also both died trying to protect people they loved. Um, So very uh, in the protection thing. Um, And... This was one thing i had never thought about before. It it says, like, Harry's greatest wish was to have his family back. So, like, his Patronus being, like, in that family as their Patronuses is, like, a small, symbolic way that, like, brought him closer to them. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, got me thinking, like, yeah, that's kind of obvious. But then that got me thinking, like, maybe it makes sense that his Patronus is... A reflection of that like desire to, to have his family and to like be like his dad and be closer to them because like his he's like calling it against the Dementors when he's like reliving that worst memory and the worst memory is like losing them and like it makes sense that like we always like with the Mirror of said we see like family and them is what Harry desires most and like uh, you know, your paternist is, like, something you're calling when you're, like, thinking about your happiest memories and stuff. And so, like, I don't know. It just all feels very tied together in that, like, it makes sense that, like, at that moment when Harry's trying to think of, like, what makes him happiest and, like, what would make him happiest if it could come true, like, for that physical output to be, like, him fitting into his family, you know?
0: Yeah, and I think, like, it also can kind of have the symbology of, like, his dad like protecting him right like that's kind of one of the like yeah reasons yeah. why like no matter what species you are like obviously it can vary but like you spend a certain amount of time like with your parents a lot mm-hmm. of the times because they are what feed you they're what's protect what protects you and like harry lost that protection pretty early on yeah. from his parents um So, kind of a way for them to, like, continue to protect him beyond the grave.
1: Also just works really well in the plot with how he thought that his dad was the one that cast the Patronus. Yeah, (laughs)
0: definitely. (laughs) Um, So, we do know his bug art. and His bug art is a Dementor as long as we see it throughout the series, right? Yeah. Yeah. I... Do we see him face a Bogart past goblet of fire?
1: Um, does the one the one in uh, Order of the Phoenix never turns to him? Right, it turns no. to Lupin. It goes. To so then, to no, I don't think we do. My thing with the Bogart. So okay, so people are always like, or like Lupin says to him, like I don't know if it's just in the movie or if it's in the book too, like. He's like, oh, that's very, like, wise of you, Harry. Like, the thing you fear most is, like, fear itself. Yeah. But, uh, is that what Harry is fearing from the Dementors? Because I feel like he fears, like, the memories that the Dementors bring to him. Right? Like, I feel like the worst part of the Dementor to him is that he has to, like, hear his mother yeah
0: and i think i also think like so
1: like does that mean he fears he passed
0: i think also a big part of it is like the dementors like signal him out which is something he's are already pretty sensitive to right like being chosen obviously and also like the dementors like he does not know how to fight them the first time yeah um and i think he feels so helpless and then like it affects him so much more than everybody else, and I think he's embarrassed by it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, like, a combination of kind of all of those things. He's, like, scared of the way it makes him feel, scared of what they, like, remind him of. Like, depression. Yeah, like, scared of, like, the lonely feeling, because, like, he is so much closer to that lonely feeling than, like, most other kids his age, which is, like, why like canonically the dementors seem to gravitate towards him like he just has more like fear and pain inside yeah. than like anybody else who's on the menu for the dementors so <laughs> like attracts them um so like he i feel like he's ashamed of the things that make him different and the dementors not only like signal him out for that they like exacerbate those things that make him different yeah yeah yeah
1: that's a good point. And also, I think the first thing you said about, like, he doesn't know how to fight it. Like, yeah. so many things we see Harry, when he fights it for the first time, he, like, succeeds. And, like, the yeah. Dementor is, like, kind of the only thing. Like, one of the only things that, like, actually, like, beats him.
0: Yeah, is this one of the... That's, like, one of the only times we ever seen him work hard. <laughs>
1: <Really>. <laughs> Yikes. Um, okay, and so then his house is Gryffindor, and that's obvious. But we're gonna maybe talk about that... Um, a bit more in the second episode. But I think that, like, regardless of where you stand on, like, the could Harry have been in Slytherin thing, and if you think that he, like, maybe even if you think that he should have been in Slytherin, like, you can't deny that there are a whole lot of Gryffindor, uh, traits there, so.
0: Yeah. It makes sense. (laughs) Okay, so for the first mention of Harry, I am going to read two mentions one our description of like the first time we meet Harry as a babe and then the second time when we like get his description again when he's slightly less than a babe (laughs) yeah (laughs) Dumbledore and Professor McGonagall bent forward over the bundle of blankets inside just visible was a baby boy fast asleep under a tuft of jet black hair over his forehead they could see a curiously shaped cut just a curiously shaped cut like a lightning bolt. Is that where, whispered Professor McGonagall, yes, said Dumbledore. He'll have that scar forever. Couldn't you do something about it, Dumbledore? Even if I could, I wouldn't. Scars can come in handy. I have one myself above my left knee that is the perfect map of the London Underground. Well, give him your Hagrid. We better get this over with. Do we think that... Harry's scar was ever helpful to him? Um, it serves
1: as, like, an indicator to him when, like, something's wrong. Like, Voldemort-wise.
0: Yeah. And- it's like, what he always brings I mean, to as hurting. Yeah, he
1: always, like, I mean, it's not actually the physical scar yeah. that's doing that. It's, like, the connection. But, like, he, he like, senses it as the scar. Um I think you could say that it's helpful for the potter effect of getting out of
0: certain Ooh, punishments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> All right. I was just I was just thinking about that when I read that. It's a good question. All right. Second description of more adolescent Harry. Perhaps it had something to do with living in a dark cupboard, but Harry had always been small and skinny for his age. He looked even smaller and skinnier than he really was because all he had to wear were old clothes of Dudley's and Dudley was about four times bigger than he was. Harry had a thin face, knobbly knees, black hair, and bright green eyes. He wore round glasses held together with a lot of scotch tape because of the times Dudley had punched him on the nose. The only thing Harry liked about his own appearance was a very thin scar on his forehead that was shaped like a bolt of lightning. He had had it as long as he could remember, and the first question he could ever remember asking his Aunt Petunia was how he had gotten it. Interesting. Because he does not, like, throughout the series, we see him kind of, like, come to resent his scar in a lot of ways as kind of the, like, shiny neon sign, like, pointing to him.
1: And also, like, the constant reminder that his parents are gone, and he just, like, doesn't know that that's what it's from Yeah, at this point in his life, you know?
0: Yeah. True.
1: It's interesting. So Harry's personality type, Myers-Briggs personality type is ISTP, or The Virtuoso, um, and I have since typed, uh, Charlie Crum and Karkaroff with this type, so. Oh. Uh, I think Charlie Weasley and Crum make some sense. Karkaroff, I think, I don't know, might have been a stretch, or might have been like, you know, like one the sinister side. Yeah. Yeah. Something specific. So... Virtuosos love to explore with their hands and their eyes, touching touching and examining the wide world- I don't know why I don't- I'm just going to start over. (laughs) (laughs) Virtuosos love to explore with their hands and their eyes, touching and examining the world around them with cool rationalism and spirited curiosity. People with this personality type are natural makers, moving from project to project, building the useful and the superfluous for the fun of it, and learning from their environment as they go. Often mechanics and engineers, virtuosos, find no greater joy than in getting their hands dirty, pulling things apart, and putting them back together. Just a little bit better than when they than they were before. So, I mean, this just jumped out. It was like, Harry's a definitely like a learn-as-you-go type person. I'm going to talk about him like as a student later, and I think that's going to kind of jump out. Um... I don't know if it's just, like, the nature of having to, like, fight a war when you're a teenager and still in school and don't know all of the magic you need to know to fight that war. But, like, he does it well and he, like, learns on the fly and learns things as he needs to know them. Um, He also, like, teaches very much in this approach with, like, the hands-on approach. And uh, he's very, like, sees the value in doing as a method of learning. Um, virtuosos explore ideas through creating, troubleshooting, trial and error, and first-hand experience. They enjoy having other people take an interest in their projects and sometimes don't even mind them getting into their space. Of course, that's on the condition that those people don't interfere with their principles of freedom and they'll need to be open to virtuosos returning the interesting kind. Um, I think this kind of fits the way he works through problems like troubleshooting, Um, and figuring things out through experience. And then also, like, recruits help from very select few people. Mostly just Ron and Hermione. Occasionally some of the other Order members. Um, and it says, like, that he... They don't even mind getting other... Others getting in their space. Like, in specific instances, they don't mind it. Um, as long as, like... He he knows those people well and, like, he knows that they will work and, like, respect his choices and stuff, too. Virtuosos enjoy lending a hand and sharing their experience, especially with the people they care about. And it, it's a shame they're so uncommon, making up only about 5% of the population. Of course, Harry would be an uncommon personality type because he's one of a kind. Um... While their mechanical tendencies can make them appear simple at a glance, they are actually quite enigmatic. Friendly but very private, calm but suddenly spontaneous, extremely curious but unable to stay focused on formal studies, virtuoso personalities can be a challenge to predict, even by their friends and loved ones. They can seem very loyal and steady for a while, but they tend to build up a store of impulsive energy that explodes without warning, taking their interest in bold new directions. I mean, this might be, like, the most hairy section here. Like, I think all of these kind of, like, dualities. Like, he's friendly and kind to everyone. Like, we see him treat most other people, like, besides Malfoy, very kindly. Um, But he's only close with Ron and Hermione. Like, they are the only people that know, like, him truly as he is. And the only people that he can open up with. He can keep a level head under pressure. And, like, we see him... Like, not necessarily stay calm, but, like, stay calm enough to, like, perform and think and, like, do the right thing in high-pressure situations. But also, like, in less, like, do-or-die situations, he kind of, like, explodes with anger. Like, he can't keep his head. Um, He's really smart and, like, curious and wants to learn, but he doesn't really do his homework or pay attention in class or, like, stay focused on his studies at all um so again like that duality there and then like impulsive energy like that is Mm -hmm. how most of the plot happens like the harry just following his impulses yeah virtuosos decisions stem from a sense of practical realism and at their heart is a strong sense of direct fairness a do unto others attitude which really helps to explain many of their puzzling traits instead of being overly cautious though avoiding stepping on toes in order to avoid having their toes stepped on virtuosos are likely to go too far accepting likewise retaliation good or bad as fair play um like i said earlier like he does like kind of a approach treating everyone fairly, at least, like, Gryffindor's Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs. He, but, like, he definitely sometimes goes too far, um, obviously, like, the classic example with Malfoy and Half-Blood Prince, like, he uses Sectumsempra on him, like, gets caught up in the heat of the moment, goes too far, even though he doesn't really know what that's gonna happen, what that's gonna do. Um, And then in Goblet of Fire and Deathly Hallows, he kind of, like, prods at Ron's insecurities because, like, Ron is already, like, hurting him and er, and, like, Harry, in return, like, hurts Ron more. It's kind of this, like, like it says, like it instead of being cautious and avoiding stepping on other people's toes to avoid having their toes stepped on, like, he kind of pushes the line and is okay if he gets hurt in return. And I think a lot of, like, Harry and Ron's, like, immature fights and parts of their friendship are kind of like that, is that they're, like, kind of pushing each other. uh, They're pushing each other's buttons in the ways that they know will, like, hurt each other. Yeah. Virtuosos have a particular difficulty in predicting emotions, but this is just a natural extension of their fairness, given how difficult it is to gauge their emotions and motivations. However, their tendency to explore their relationships through their actions rather than through empathy can lead to some very frustrating situations. People with the virtuoso personality type struggle with boundaries and guidelines and preferring the freedom to move about and color outside the lines if they need to um I think this is talking about just like relationships in general like with any person but I thought this was kind of reflective in his like quote-unquote love life like uh he has some frustrating situations like he clearly does not know how to navigate the emotions with Cho and like yeah there's definitely some complicated teenage emotions there and like grief and all that stuff but like uh, he doesn't really approach the situation with a whole lot of empathy. Um, and then, like, wanting to pursue the relationship with Ginny, even though maybe he thinks that, like, or that scene is, like, not the right thing to do because of his friendship with Ron. Um, and he would rather just, like, act on it and see what happens with Ginny, and that's, like, what happens. That's, like, how it goes down.
0: Yeah.
1: Um... Finding an environment where they can work with good friends who understand their style and unpredictability, combining their creativity, sense of humor, and hands-on approach to build practical solutions and things will give virtuosas many happy years of building useful boxes and admiring them from the outside. Um, I just thought that this last little bit, like, was the trio. Like, he finds the people who can, like, work with him. And while Harry, like, I think to an outsider could seem, like, unpredictable, and Rash and stuff like it gets to the point with his relationship with Hermione and Ron but I think particularly Hermione like that she can predict his actions like she knows him so well and they work so well together that like she knows what he's going to do like they know at the end of half Blood Prince that he's going to go hunt Horcruxes like she pretty much all through Deathly Hallows him and Hermione are like pre- much, like, in, like, the high pressure situations are, like, kind of on the same page, um, and working well together, and then, like, at the end of Deathly Hallows, like, she knows that he's gonna go to his death, like, I think that, like, the trio really works to, like, accentuate Harry's strengths and, like, give him a good working environment and support him in the ways that he needs to be supported, which, such a good little friendship, um, <laughs> strengths we have optimistic and energetic creative and practical spontaneous and rational know how to prioritize great in a crisis and relaxed some of those maybe are better than others definitely good in a crisis um knows how to prioritize and that he knows that he doesn't need to do his homework
0: (laughs) Uh, spontaneous is a weird one because like we've called him Like, synonyms of spontaneous. Yeah. Already a couple times throughout the episode. But I feel like spontaneous isn't... It's not the right connotation. No. Yeah. Yeah. But it's close. We've called him rash. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think, like, relaxed is also what I would say for Harry... Okay, weaknesses. We have uh,
1: stubborn, insensitive, private and reserved, easily bored, dislike commitment, and risky behavior.
0: Risky behavior? (laughs) Not
1: Harry Potter. Um, A private and reserved, I kind of thought, like, it doesn't... It's not something you would initially be like, oh, here are words to describe Harry, but, like, he's very private. And, like, he's kind of reserved, like... I don't know. He, like... He keeps his emotions back and only reveals them, like, when he can't control them or when he's, like, with people that he trusts, right? Like, he's yeah. not particularly emotive when, like, on the day-to-day. It's just, like, when he explodes, which, like, he explodes quite often at times. But, like, I don't know. He doesn't – he tries not to, like, show his hand to people if he
0: can control it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think pretty much all of these are, are really pretty good. Like, dislike commitment, I think, is a weird one, because, like, yeah. I feel like it's kind of, like, one that's not necessarily totally false, but also one that is not, like, totally accurate, either. Yeah. Yeah. But I like all the other ones. And sensitive, too, like, maybe not, but kind of. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so next I'm going to talk a little bit about, like, Harry as a friend slash, like, Harry as a, like, peer, I guess, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this, I kind of just overall we will talk about, like, his friendship and how he is a friend to Harry, Ron, and Hagrid. Um, and then kind of talk about him as, like, a just child at school and how he interacts with everybody else. Yeah. But I think, like above all Harry is a very loyal friend um he's kind of like one of the like classic examples of like you don't have many friends but like if you are their friend like you're like they're a friend for life kind of Mm -hmm. thing like that is kind of what we're shown Harry to be like um he becomes friends with Hermione Ron and Hagrid like really pretty quickly um after his introduction into the wizarding world specifically like Hagrid and Ron like Hermione is like a month after like being at Hogwarts but that's still pretty quick and then they continue to be like his three best friends like his three like biggest supporters throughout the next like seven years of his life going beyond that as well Mm -hmm. um they're like friends through the thick and the thin um I think one of the biggest aspects of Harry as a friend, besides his loyalty, is his like inability, but also like need to rely on his friends. Mm. He really does not like doing it, mm-hmm. but he ends up having like having to a lot of the time. Whether it's like Hermione knowing about the devil Snare and being able to do that, or like yeah. Hermione helping him like make it through the Tri Triwizard Tournament in four, or like. Ron just kind of always being there except for during the Trey Wizard tournament and for a couple weeks in Deadly Alice, yeah. Um, and like Hagrid just kind of always being a constant and like being there, like he is a good bridge for them. Like it's an adult that kind of like always knows what they're up to, but like not an adult that like stops them from their mission, yeah, (laughs) really. Um but Harry really doesn't like, like, he. it's another way he's, like, a contradiction, right? Like, he needs these good, loyal, helpful friends. Like, he would not have survived everything that he did without them, but yeah. he hates that he has to need them, and he hates sometimes being, like, having as close of friends as he does, because then he just puts them in danger a lot of times, or thinks that he puts them in danger. Um, so it's just kind of another one of those, like, contradictions within himself
1: um uh this is like kind of off topic but i don't want to forget it for our like discussion next time Mm. but do you think one of the reasons that like harry ended up in gryffindor is some like i don't know that it's one of the reasons i think maybe dumbledore wanted this to happen but is because like in gryffindor he was going to make the kind of friends who like Mm -hmm. would make his like success possible like and that he wasn't going to get those people in Slytherin and like maybe there's some like sentience from the sorting hat not knowing like oh that Harry is like destined to defeat Voldemort but like knowing that Harry's the person that needs good friends by his side and like loyal brave friends by his side
0: I think that's a really good point to bring up because I feel like in the past, when we've been like sorting people, we like, as an outside perspective, we've kind of always brought that up too. It's like, not only does the child have to like fit the criteria of the house like they also like you want to set them up for success and like make sure that they will also like fit in with like the people in said house as well um and like get what they need out of the people that they will be like living with and most likely will become their friends so i think that's an interesting point yeah um continue Um, I will say like obviously like I alluded to Harry and said trio like all members of said trio do you have their moments you know like they're still people they're still teenagers like we said like Harry and Ron kind of have their falling out, in for, um, like, there's multiple times throughout the series where, like, Harry kind of, like, intentionally, like, pushes Hagrid away, slash, like, is embarrassed by <laughs> him in a lot of ways, um, and then there's a- also just, like, a lot of times that Harry and Hermione just kind of, like, butt heads, slash, don't see eye to eye, <laughs> but with Harry and Hermione's friendship, like, Harry is more okay kind of being, like, whatever, Whereas, like, Ron, I feel like, is more incapable of just kind of, like, letting things go sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Um, And, like, being accommodating towards other people. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I just, like, I really think that the most interesting thing that I kind of came up with throughout this is that Harry's, like, need for his friends, but his kind of, like... Not that he's ashamed to need his friends by any means, but he doesn't like having to rely on people slash have people close to him that he puts in danger, but he needs those people.
1: Yeah, he Um, wants to be, like, self-sacrificing, and, like, yeah. it's not that he wants to do it on his own, but he doesn't want anybody else to have to do it, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that really just shows, like, how good a friend not only Harry is, that he was able to, like, make friends with these people and, like, have them have his back as much as they do but like how good of friends Hermione and Ron are that they're and like Hagrid that they're willing to do that yeah um so then like more broadly kind of how he interacts with other students at Hogwarts he like doesn't really always get along with everybody else slash like want to get along with everybody else at Hogwarts um he was already pretty unique like on his first like entrance into the hogwarts grounds and throughout the years he just kind of becomes more unique and Mm. more different than the rest of the other students you know like even in his first year um kind of like how he came in was that like he had defeated voldemort he was an orphan and he was raised in the muggle world so there those are already like kind of three things that set him apart from the rest of his student Uh, The other students and maybe like make it harder for him to fit in then throughout the years like that just list just gets even longer you know like him being a quidditch star him being the triwizard champion him being the Mm. chosen one him being the leader of the da him being targeted by the ministry like him being as close as he is to dumbledore that just like makes him even more different from the rest of everybody else who's at hogwarts in their eyes And kind of, like, what I was saying with the Dementor, like, he already, like, sees himself as so different. Kind of, like, having other people see him as different. Mm. Like, it just, it kind of just, like, reinforces it and, like it kind of makes him want to isolate himself even more like it is one thing to be told that you're different but like Harry wholeheartedly like believes that he is different in fundamental ways from everybody else at like his age at Hogwarts Um, so it just kind of like makes it very difficult for him to connect with them and then also going back to kind of like him wanting to be a lone wolf a lot of the times and in a lot of ways like he does not want to put more people in in danger Mm quote-unquote to like have more people that he cares about and loves about like we see him break up with Ginny and like push her away at the end of six because he's like I can't have any more connections you know that kind of thing and I feel like he was always kind of with the exception of Harry or of Ron Hermione and Hagrid like he was kind of always ready to like cut and run if needed Mm -hmm. and I think he wanted that to be the case um It also, like, but I think in a lot of ways, him seeing himself as different can come off as, like, him being arrogant to the people around him. It's like, he doesn't think that he's, like, different in a better way. Like, he thinks he's different in a worse way, kind of, than everybody else. But sometimes it can come across as, like, him being, believing that he's, like, better than everybody else, he's more famous, he doesn't need them, um... And, like, Snape and Draco kind of sometimes constantly call this out about him. Yeah. Um, but he just, like, doesn't want, like, I don't know. He, like, he feels undeserving of, like, friendship and love a lot mm-hmm. of the times. Um, leading him to, like, keep distance between himself. And, you know, like, he does have, like, more casual, low-key, like, friendships with, like, Dean, Neville, and Seamus. And then, like, Fred and George and, like, in part, like, the whole Weasley family. But with how small of a school like Hogwarts is, you'd think that he would maybe have more people that he would be friends with or talk to on a daily basis. Yeah, and you know we don't we don't see that at least. Yeah. Um, sorry. Is that it? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, obviously, like, okay, one. I guess one, like, final thought. Like, with the DA, he does like become closer with all of those people, but it's such a like unique context in which he's like also like different from them because he's like the leader of said group not like one of the group in that situation mm-hmm. um, so like in that he becomes way closer I think specifically to like Neville and Luna um, like that year but like not really anybody else like because there is that also like weird separation as like he is the leader of the group yeah. and they are like his students yeah I agree.
1: yeah It's definitely, like, it's really just, like, rotten or are kind of, like, it. But, yeah, that's interesting. All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Harry as a student. So, was he a good student? Was he not? Um, So, his OWL grades, he got an O, or outstanding, in Defense Against the Dark Arts, and then he got the exceeds, Exceeds Expectations, which is the second highest grade, In almost every other subject, um, except for astronomy, he got an A, but, I mean, there's umbrage interference there, but it's still passing grade. And then divination, he failed, he got dreadful, I don't know, history of magic, he also, I think, failed, but he passed out, like, halfway during, like, he was, like, there
0: was also some interference there. (laughs) Um... So, so inconsiderate. Okay, so people always, like, make fun, like, wow, like, Voldemort is always so kind to, like, wait to attack Hogwarts until, like, after, yeah. like, the end of, until like, the end of the school year to, like, make sure that Harry can, like, get his studies or whatever. But not this instance. He directly, like, Harry probably would have failed anyways, but he directly <laughs> caused the failure of the History of Magic exam. Yes. Um,
1: so I feel like these are, like, pretty weird. Good- Underrated grades, like yeah, like everybody always talks about like Hermione got like twelve OWLS, but like that means Harry passed like I don't know the vast majority.
0: Potions, Herbology, Care of Magical Creatures, Charms, Transfiguration, Transfiguration,
1: and some... then Defense Against the Dark Arts. That's like yeah, six so that's subjects.
0: six. Uh, So Hermione got double. Did Hermione get twelve? I think so. I think that's the number. Like then there, so that's six that he passed, and but he took nine. Seven, eight, nine, yeah. And so then he took just took three more. Yeah, but passed all of them, I guess. Arithmancy,
1: but she didn't take divination.
0: No magical
1: runes. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she didn't get 12. I don't know. She got 11. Anyway. um, That's like, I, I, those are like pretty good grades. Um, So I want to talk about like what we see of him as a student. Um, So let's like not consider potions with Snape because like clearly (laughs) there's other things going on there. Um, And. A note that, like, when I'm talking about these other classes and, like, instances that we see him in these classes, like, obviously there's a bias towards ones that he's not paying attention because, like, that's when the things are happening for the plot, right? Like, so I think, like, it's I feel like it sounds, like, harsher than maybe, like, every, you know, like, we see him talking in a few charms classes, but that doesn't mean he talked to every single charms class. Yeah. Um, Anyway, history of magic, we know that he sleeps or talks through every single class. But honestly, only Hermione pays attention. Like, no one else does either. So that's kind of in Harry's defense. Charms, I feel like, is one of the classes we often find him talking through. But, like, Flitwick seems to like him. And he seems to, like, be able to do the things when they're, like, assigned to do stuff. I think, like, majority of the time he can, like, semi-get it down. Um, So, I feel like Charms is, like, kind of medium. Transfiguration, I feel like is probably, obviously, besides Defense Against the Dark Arts, I think it's probably one of, like, his best classes as far as, like, as a student. Because, like, he... Because McGonagall, like, doesn't let people get away with talking and not paying attention. Like, he pays more attention and he tries harder because, like, I think he wants to impress McGonagall and, like... She's just, like, he can't sit there and talk to Ron, so he may as well, like, try. Um, And I feel like the approach is usually pretty hands-on, which is, like, definitely, like, fits Harry's learning style. And, like, they're always, like, trying to do things, like, trying spells in Transfiguration. He never achieves things, like, as quickly as Hermione. Like, I feel like they're always leaving Transfiguration class, and Harry's, like, Hermione was the only one who could turn this into this. But, like, he does do pretty well with some of the spells, and we know that he can conjure and vanish objects, which are, like, higher difficulty, transfiguration things. Um, So I feel like this is maybe, like, outside of Defense Against the Dark Arts, I would, like, venture to say that transfiguration is his best, like, school subject. I think he's really good at charms, but those are, like, things he learns outside of class, right? Like, the Patronus and like, all the stuff with Hermione and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't count that as, like, being a student. It's, like, that's, like, extracurricular learning. Um, Herbology, we don't, like, really have a great sample size. I would say it's similar to Charms. Like, we see him talk sometimes. Um, I feel like he doesn't take it super seriously. Um, Defense Against the Dark Arts, uh, obviously, is very good at this, but I think that's more, like out of necessity and some natural talent than it is out of a dedication to class. Although I would say like, he was probably a very good student for both Lupin and Moody who were hands-on teachers and Harry like excelled in those classes. Care of magical creatures. He seems to have fairly good instincts and he doesn't rush into things like Malfoy. Um, And like, I feel like he tries more in this class than he does. Not necessarily like tries more, but like, sometimes pays attention more in this class than mm-hmm. he does in others out of, like, pity for Hagrid. Um, and, like, I think it's not a class that requires a lot of effort. So he's like, well, I may as well just, like, listen to what Hagrid is saying. Um, but he's, like, I think he's, like, decent at care magical creatures. Yeah. And then potions in his sixth year, like... I don't know if this counts as him being a good student because he just, like, followed what the book told him to do. But, like, he was smart enough to, like, pay attention to the book, I guess. I don't know. And then Divination, like, that was never going to go well. And, honestly, (laughs) it's another one that, like, no one took seriously. Like, Fred and George told them to take it because it was a joke class. Like, I think you can kind of throw that one out the window, too. So, like, I don't know. He's kind of a mixed bag. Like, he, he never really pays attention unless something is particularly engaging or, like, he doesn't have the option. Like, McGonagall, like, makes them all pay attention. Um, school is definitely, like, never his top priority. And he leaves a lot of homework to the last minute or, like, doesn't do it, turns it in late or just, like, I don't know, does it very sloppily. Um, To be fair, like, he has more important stuff going on a lot of the time, but, like, there is a lot of the time where he's, like, him and Ron are, like, I'm just gonna fuck around for an hour, or, like, I'm gonna go play Quidditch, and, like, he's a teenager, but also, yeah, he's not, like, I would not call him dedicated to his studies.
0: No, and I think one of my favorite things to, like, talk about when we talk about, like, him and Ron always, you know, not doing their homework, it's, like, one time it was like Ronnie's like I have two pages on something it's like all right bro they're literally written pages too like that's not that much (laughs) like come on
1: um so he's clearly like able to do this because he is very bright and like can get by and even like do a lot better than get by like I would say do above average in most subjects with seemingly minimal effort most of the yeah. time and then he does put in effort like around exams like he does study yeah. a lot um and I feel like he just like has one of the makings of one of those kids who like is above average in school not the best because they don't really try all that hard like they he probably could be one of the better like best students not, like, I feel like not Hermione level, but, like, if he committed himself, like, he, you know, probably could have got more outstandings and OWLs and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, I think, like, too long didn't read, like, Harry is really smart, and I, like, I would go so far to say that he is, like, quite smart. He is a smart person, but not a great student and, like, average student at best. But when you he has the right teachers who engage him and he's, like, excited about the s- subject see, like, Defense Against the Dark Arts in third and fourth year, like, then he's a good student. So, yeah. there's some variability. But I think average student, smart kid is the best I like that. description. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, in this section, I'm going to talk a little bit about how he is as a wizard, which definitely has some, like, overlap with what Audrey talked about. So, it'll be brief. (laughs) Um, So, I feel like my main qualm with this is, like, right throughout this series, we are shown Harry, like, like, I don't know, accomplishing these, like, near impossible feats. And, like, in the moment, reading him fight, like, reading about him fighting Voldemort in the graveyard, everything, like, makes logical sense, right? It's like, yeah, they're fighting, Harry's just hiding behind gravestones, like, the wands connect, that definitely, like, has something to do with it. And, like, that's true, but I think that, like, for Harry to be as good as he is, Voldemort has to be, like brought down quite a bit like we're told that Voldemort is like one of the best wizards in the 21st century right like him and Dumbledore yeah like yeah. great and we see him fight Dumbledore and that fight is unreal in the books and in the movies right like Voldemort is bringing a whole different level to fight Dumbledore mm-hmm. and like narrative wise it has to be the case right like we can suspend our disbelief only so much for harry's like magical ability, right? Like he's still a 15-year-old kid <laughs> at the end of goblet of fire. And like I feel like the way this is, this is explained in universe is that like Voldemort like treats harry differently, right? Like he's like his white whale. Like he doesn't just want to like kill him upon see like upon sight, right? Like he did Cedric Diggory. Yeah. And again, like, our suspension of disbelief can only carry us so much. And I think that the author did strike a pretty good balance overall, right? For Harry's still a good wizard, but he's not, like, an unbelievably good wizard. And Voldemort is still, like, a great wizard, but we know the reasons why he's unable to kill Harry in those instances, right? Like, it's it's mm. it's really fairly good. hmm Yeah. Um... So, but like how good of a wizard is Harry actually? And I don't know. That's the thing. Like it's really hard to get a gauge, right? Like he can produce a corporeal Patronus, Patronus, and at we're a like told, age. yeah, yeah at 13 and we're told that it is like an impossible feat. And I feel like f- for a lot of the time, that's just kind of like the thing that Like proves how good of a wizard Harry is, right? But it's just one thing, still.
1: And also, it's an impossible feat. But then two years later, like every other, like however many, (laughs) what there are like twenty or thirty people in the DA, like yeah, at that point, like two, two, like ten more people can do it. Yeah, ten to fifteen more people can do like his age can do it. So
0: yeah, and like. He can resist the Imperius Curse. Very impressive. But, like, is that really an indication of, like, how good of a wizard he is? Like, I, I feel like that
1: one and the Patronus are kind of, like, a mental fortitude thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, it's definitely more, like, getting your mind in the right place. Yeah. And then, obviously, there's, like, Expelliarmus, which <laughs> is, like, the only spell he ever cast in fights with Voldemort which yeah. also is like I get it we don't want our hero to also be like killing people killing people or like crucioing people but like maybe add a jelly legs in there everything <laughs> like a petrificus totalis <laughs> like heads. whip that one out you know <laughs> like I don't know I think that throughout the book we get a lot of showing we, we get a lot of, like, showing and telling that Harry is a good wizard, but I feel like we don't get enough. I, like, I don't know. I yeah. really, I think it's just Harry knows how to perform under pressure. He knows how to get out of sticky situations. And Voldemort is always, like, talking or doing something that, like, makes it easier for <laughs> Harry to win. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And,
1: like, there were extenuating circumstances when Harry did actually beat Voldemort. Like
0: Yeah. There was a like, reason why
1: he- he didn't he was, really have to do much. He had to cast one spell. He's
0: yeah, he good was at also. Like, yeah, he is. He also is just like, I feel like his fighting spirit, like he never gives up. That's like also a really big thing, right? Like Voldemort's yeah. like, get down, like stop trying, like you, you know, like he's taunting him the whole time in the graveyard and gobbled fire, but Harry's still like. No. Mental fortitude. Yeah, yeah, um, basically. So, I don't know. I just, I really, like, I don't want to say that Harry's not a good wizard, because I really do think that he is.
1: But I do
0: think. He's 17. Yes. He's also 17, and I don't think that he, like, like, he's a good wizard, but he's not a wizard that could, like, defeat Voldemort, but he does. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Through a combination of
0: fate, sheer dumb luck, and
1: determination
0: yeah and like Voldemort you know monologuing so yeah that's like all I really have to say about him as a wizard like we know I guess I will add like we know he goes on to become an Auror and we know he goes on to become the head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement right yeah and like I'm sure that takes skill right yeah or determination <laughs> never giving up <laughs> <a laughs> he's just
1: particularly determined yeah <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think that he's not, like, a prodigy. Yeah. Like, some people talk about him. But, yeah, I think he's a good wizard.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's competent like, he's, like a enough. Fine.
1: Like, he's, like, good. Yeah. He's, like, good. He's not, like, great. He's good for his age, too. Like, I mean,
0: yeah, I just don't think that we're approaching, like, Dumbledore, Voldemort, like, the level no. of wizards.
1: And... No, I think ev- you're not even approaching, like... Snape,
0: yeah, that, yeah
1: Snape. level, yeah,
0: like, and so it's just like, it's not that I'm like shitting on how good of a wizard Harry is, it's just it feels like he does things that are maybe like he accomplishes things that like are maybe just out of his range sometimes, like his mm. range. But <laughs> again, like I said, plot has to happen, right? And I do think that the writing is. Fairly does a fairly good enough job for us to like believe what's going on, right? Mhm. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So um, then I'm gonna talk a little bit about Harry as a soldier. Um, cause I don't know. I feel like we always talk about like the war, but we never talk about like. I guess that makes these people like soldiers in an army. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, so Harry obviously got, like, thrown into the war and didn't have a choice whether or not to partake. Like, he was going to be part of it whether he wanted to or not. Yeah. Um, five out of his six years attending Hogwarts, he, like, has to have some sort of, like, battle slash encounter with some form of Voldemort. Uh, I would say that four of these are kind of voluntary even though Harry didn't, like, maybe go into the situations knowing he was going to face Voldemort at the end, like, he went into the, si- he, like, he went into the situations on his own accord. He like, went
0: into the bowels of Hogwarts on purpose. Two years in
1: a row, on purpose. <laughs> uh, uh, third years, what I'm saying, like, he didn't have. Yeah. That was the, the one year he didn't have a, an encounter. Fourth year is the one that is not voluntary. Yeah. And then fifth, and sixth year, like, fifth year, he, like, actively went to the ministry to fight a battle. Yeah. In sixth year, he, uh, like, he asked Dumbledore to be part of this. Um. So, like, I don't know. Even if he didn't, even if he did have a choice, which I'm saying, like, I know he didn't have a choice. He had to be part of the war. But even if he did have a choice, like, Due to his background, his desire to avenge his parents, his general nature of being a Gryffindor, like, he definitely would have participated at, like, a pretty high level in the war. Like, he would have, like, if he wasn't, like, Harry Potter, the Chosen One, he would have been, like, partaking in the war, I think, on the level of, like, what Ron and Hermione did. Like, that level of participation, obviously, you can't really compare, but, like, I think he would have, like, devoted his time to it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, He has some pretty good, like, soldier-y qualities. (laughs) Um, He, like, for the most part, follows orders fairly well when they're coming from Dumbledore specifically. He's quick on his feet. He'll charge into battle. He wants to save everybody because of this hero complex he has. And he is, like, a very good and natural leader. Like, people want to listen to him they want to follow his advice um like obviously Dumbledore's army is a good example of that and the battle of Hogwarts like he kind of like there's those moments before the battle really starts where like uncle's like what do you need from us and Dumbledore's army's asking what do you need and he's like he asked for time and he asked for them to fight and like they do it for him you know like I don't know. It takes a good leader and a good person to ask for that and, like, receive it from, like, these masses of people who want to fight, like, on your behalf. Yeah. Um, and then in Deathly Hallows he kind of goes rogue from, like, the war part of things, so it doesn't, like, I feel like it doesn't really feel like he, that he and the trio are, like, fighting a war in Deathly Hallows, because mm-hmm. they're kind of off, like, doing their own thing, even though what they're doing is, like, Trying to take Voldemort down. We're
0: like on a side quest. But like it's yeah. also a main quest. It's actually the main quest. But like. <laughs> but it's separate. Um,
1: but then he's not like in the day to day. But everyone like acknowledges that. They know that like Dumbledore told him he has to do something. And everyone like trusts that. And knows that like that's important. And probably the most important thing in the end. Is that Harry succeeds on whatever quest he's on. But it definitely doesn't feel like he's like a soldier in a war. And like it very infrequently, I think, feels like he is fighting a war. Like it feels like Harry is fighting Voldemort, where everyone else is fighting this war versus like the Death Eaters who are led by Voldemort. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like everyone else is in the day to day grind of a war, and Harry is in the day to day grind of like. Trying to kill a man who's, like, tried to make himself immortal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not... Watching... Like, he's not patrolling streets. Like, he... like yeah. Watch on, like, watches for Death Eaters. He's got a separate mission.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I think he's a pretty good soldier. And maybe a better soldier than he is a wizard.
0: <laughs> maybe um so for the where are they now section after the war harry and jenny got married and had three children and definitely okay so we don't know how old they were when they got married do we like we don't know when it was no but we do because know- it's night. 19 years later, they have three kids, and the oldest is in going into his third year, I think, right? Yeah. So at least six years between the war and their first kid, so.
1: So they're, like, 24. Harry's, like, 24. Yeah. What do you mean, for
0: the wizarding world, is like...
1: It's, like, kind of old.
0: Yeah. 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 They, like, what probably dated... Like, probably got married after two, three years, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so their three children were James Sirius, Albus Severus, and Lily Luna. Um, he remained friends with Ron and Hermione, and became an uncle to their children. Yeah, and then and
1: their brother-in-law.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was like, I for a second I was gonna say he like became their godparent, but I was like, wait, that's not right. (laughs) <laughs> um, they're actually related now, um, and then like we like I mentioned earlier, he became an order and then the head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. And I'm purposely not going to talk about the events of Cursed Child and what happened <laughs> and went down there.
1: All right, and then uh, just to wrap this up, we have the uh, Harry's cocktail from R.T. Thomas's Fifty Amazing Cocktails Inspired by Harry Potter. And this is just a classic mojito. What? Nothing nothing fancy to it. Just a, just a mojito. Um, it says, We think Harry would choose this classic. Something not too simple, but not too much fuss either. The perfect drink to relax with after saving the world a few times.
0: I feel like I would have gone more like... I know, like, whiskey vibes for Harry? Yeah. I don't know. Mojito is not giving me Harry vibes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Is there one for Snape that we it's forgot too, to like, do? It's too, like,
1: sweet. Oh, did we forget to do one for Snape? Uh, probably. I assume there's one for hey, Snape. Let me look. I
0: mean.
1: They're just in such a random order in the book. Uh, yes, Severus Snape, the... Did we do this? Maybe we didn't. No, we didn't do this. Severus Snape is the overflowing cauldron. This cocktail certainly wouldn't look out of place bubbling away in a cauldron in Snape's dungeon classroom. Although, thankfully, you don't need his exquisite potion skills to make one. The ingredients might not strictly be everyday bottles, but they're worth investing in for this great drink. Um, it's... Two parts creme de cacao, two parts creme de menthe, two parts single cream cocoa powder on the glass and ice. Oh. Sounds like a melted mint chocolate chip ice cream. I feel like I would
0: like that. (laughs)
1: Sounds like dessert. It does.
0: It definitely is like a post-dinner cocktail.
1: Yeah, I don't think you want to be like eating that with something savory or drinking that with something savory. I
0: can't imagine like drinking that out at the pool not the vibe
1: yeah okay that's it for Archie
0: that's it for Harry part one
1: yeah tune in on September 1st yep for the rest of the talk about Mr. Harry Potter yeah okay i feel like we don't have to do all yeah, of the closing no, things anymore okay <laughs> um as always thank you so much for listening and remember just do your best we'll do the rest and
0: learn until our brains over